Hello, welcome to the Cities on the Frontline Urban Exchange Podcast. I'm Lauren Sorkin, Executive Director of the Resilient Cities Network. Together with Smart Cities World, we've created this space for city leaders and urban practitioners to share the opportunities and challenges they are grappling with as they drive transformative change in cities today. I would like to thank our sponsor, the World Bank, and you for joining us on the Urban Exchange Podcast, the premier urban resilience podcast taking us around the world to meet people working on the front line. I will now hand you over to our host for this episode. Welcome to this latest episode of the Urban Exchange Podcast. I'm Paul Wilson, Chair of the Advisory Board for Smart Cities World and Chief Business Officer at the Connected Places Catapult. This episode is part of Future Ready Cities, a partnership between Visa and the Resilient Cities Network. And today I'm joined by two guests, Diego Marquez, the Planning Mobility Manager for the Metropolitan Institute of Planning and Development for the Metropolitan Area of Guadalajara, and Jose Rodriguez, Head of Urban Mobility at Visa in Mexico. It's great to have you both with us. Thanks for coming. Let's start by talking a little bit about Guadalajara. Diego, tell us about it. Where is it? How big is it? And what's it like to live there? Well, the metropolitan area of Guadalajara is situated in the west part of Mexico in the state of Jalisco. It's a metropolitan area which is composed of around nine different municipalities with five million inhabitants in it. Um, It's a pretty big urban area. It's around, yeah, like 700 kilometers, square kilometers. Uh, more or less. Personally, it's a city that I love. I've been living in this city for 10 years now, and it has a great weather. It can be a little bit hot during the, the dry months. In May, it has a beautiful rain season that greens the city every year. And right now, it's in the middle of a development process to actually make it a more sustainable city in which the Metropolitan Institute is pretty involved to, to make that, that a reality. So there's five million people, nine different parts to the whole area. I hear it's fantastic for music, fantastic. The cultural life is really strong and uh, of, you, you love living there. Any highlights that you've had that you want to tell us about the economy of Guadalajara? Well, yeah, Guadalajara has one of the biggest economies in, in the in the country, you know, it's uh, it's part of these three main cities that compose most of the economic movement in Mexico. It's the second largest city in, in the whole country. Uh, we have a really strong uh, technological and creative industry here in, in the city. Also, it's uh, one of the main points uh, for the Pacific ports to to actually receive most of the economic uh, benefits of the economic exchanges. Yeah. Now, Jose, given the economic activity and the life in Guadalajara, I'd love to hear what you see as the opportunities for urban mobility sector there. If you don't know Visa, we work with cities, governments, urban planners, transportation authorities, uh, solution providers, and basically, you know, every major key player in the ecosystem. Uh, to imagine the urban transit experience with a focus on sustainable, inclusive, and interconnected transportation. Uh, 
the state of Jalisco has already been doing a great work with their public transport system, and we're very excited to work with them to build upon the good service they're already providing for their citizens. On our initial conversations with the city of Guadalajara, we detected with them opportunities to make this system even more inclusive by offering more ways to pay for your trips that will be accessible for both locals and visitors, and also more convenient by reducing steps and times in the user experience for the passengers just to hop in the train or bus and arrive at their destinations. With our work, we're seeking to lower the system ticketing costs, improve ridership and the passenger experiences. As Diego mentioned, Guadalajara is the second biggest city in the country, and such a big city needs an efficient public transport system to drive. Thanks, Jose. Now, Diego, you have a sustainable urban mobility plan called PIMAS. Can you tell us more about it? Yeah, sure. Uh, right now, back in 2018, uh, the metropolitan area was selected by the European Union to be part of the program Euroclima Plus. Uh, which was a program that provided us with technical counseling, training, studies to update our comprehensive mobility euro plan, right? So that happened just before the pandemic. So we started that process uh, a little bit before that. Then the pandemic came and the process kind of had to become digital. Um, during the pandemic, we actually managed to have 18 different sessions with around 124 different representatives of civil organizations, government agencies, universities, and, and the private sector to update this comprehensive plan. Right now, we're just waiting for our last uh, travel travel survey to be to be made because right now the um, travel patterns are actually more stable because the pandemic restrictions are over. So yeah, that's it. It's, it's, a, it's a plan that it's been constructed uh, a lot with the support of, of civil society. And we are hoping that that really makes a change uh, in the way the city is developed. We are planning measures around cycling, walking, um, public transportation. We are working in conjunction with the land use uh, plan group. We're also uh, working with um, different government agencies to, to make this plan possible. So it's a really ambitious plan. I know when you involve lots of different stakeholders, it's complicated to do that. It takes time. And then not only do you have to do it, you have to show that you're listening and reflecting on what they've said to you in your plans. Could you tell us a little bit about how you've done stakeholder engagement and civil society involvement in what you've been planning? Sure. Um, so I, I was well, I was talking about this, these 18 different sessions that we had with 124 different uh, representatives. I mean, like, besides finding a common... Uh, a common place, a common time slot to, to, to have meetings. I think that one of the main challenges, as you said, is to make people feel heard, you know? So for us to actually achieve that, it was really important to give feedback every session about what had been discussed and to actually reflect and discuss everything that people were proposing, you know? So at the end of, of each session, 
uh, we will send every participant a little, yeah, a little feedback about what we were speaking about, uh, why we think it's important, how we think it could actually fit into the planning program. And we ended up with around 10 different reports that had a really specific um, description of what was being discussed, the problems that people um, perceived around walking, around cycling, what were the proposals that they had, how they, those proposals could actually be made with uh, our public agencies, how we actually could like get the budget to make those those proposals possible, etc. So that, that was really important to people actually to follow what was being developed in the Institute and for them not to feel tired. I noticed you talked there a lot about active travel modes in walking, cycling, and all the good health benefits that obviously come from that. Jose, the work Visa and Resilient Cities Network are doing with the city is focused on a new integrated mobility model with the goal of unifying public transportation in the state of Jalisco. Could you share a bit more about the initiative, why Guadalajara was chosen, and what kind of innovative technology is being used? What's the inspiration going on for this? And what's Visa's role in all of this? Sure. We've been working with Guadalajara for the last two years on the enablement of open payments in the macro periferico, which is the newest BRT line they have in their system. What we're doing is adding an extra layer to their already integrated mobility system for them to support payments with credit or debit cards, smartphones, and wearables like smartwatches. This all started with the Future Ready Cities program as part of a relationship with the Resilient Cities Network. The city of Guadalajara was selected in the first edition of the program in Latin America, and they submitted a challenge around the digitalization and modernization of their mobility system. After a co-design process with the city, we decided to pursue this, the enablement of open payments in the system based on the potential impact it may have you know, for the users, uh, for the transportation authorities and operators, and the city in general. We as Visa, uh, our role, we have shared with Guadalajara our previous experience in more than 800 mobility projects around the world to develop this initiative with them and also acted as facilitators by connecting them with the major players in the payments and mobility ecosystems to make the, this initiative possible. On the innovation and technology question, I think it's very important to have them, but for the right reasons, always to the service of the users and to solve real needs. With this initiative in Guadalajara, we are trying to improve the life of people by building a stronger transit system for the city, but based on real insights. Uh, the recent results from our Visa Future of Urban Mobility study show that 9 out of 10 Mexican passengers expect contactless payment options for public transit, especially, you know, after the COVID-19 pandemic. So going after this initiative just makes sense. So you've been able to bring all of this experience from around the world and benefit Guadalajara. Sounds, sounds excellent. Yeah, we have a lot of experience around the world in, in, in projects in Europe. Uh, we started in Europe, in Asia, uh, and now Latin America is coming to life with uh, open payment projects. And was Guadalajara the first project in Latin America? No, we have projects in Rio de Janeiro. Uh, in Mexico City was the first. Um, Mexico City and Acapulco were the first cities in, in Mexico to enable open payments, and now 
you know, we're going for Guadalajara as it's the second biggest city um, and the state in Mexico. What's the particular challenges of having such a big city to work with? Well, to enable an open payments initiative, several players need to be on board. So we have acquirers, we have the government, we have solution providers. So getting them all together is the the hardest part. But, you know, we're a great team in Guadalajara and we're doing the, the job. Stakeholder management, always complex. I think being part of the future Ready Cities program was one of the enablers for this work. What is the Future Ready Cities program? Can you tell me a bit more about it? Yeah, the Future Ready Cities program uh, was created to help uh, cities build resilience through digitalization initiatives. This is uh, our second edition, and each year we invite cities of the Resilient Cities Network to participate in our program and co-design digital solutions to face their most pressing challenges. Uh, In our first edition, uh, we only choose cities uh, from Latin America, but now we're taking the program to the next level uh, to help cities in the rest of the world. Where's next after Latin America? Every part of the world. We're, we're trying to, to make projects with cities in Europe, in Asia. But Guadalajara was part of the first edition where we only choose uh, Latin American cities only. I just wonder what you particularly learned in Guadalajara and how companies like Visa can better support cities in their efforts to do such big and important transformations. Well, in Guadalajara, it was, it was very important because, you know, first, the, the, the population is more than 5 million people in the city. And also, uh, Guadalajara, uh, as I mentioned before, has been doing a great job with their mobility system. And they're already an integrated mobility system, right? So they only have a closed-loop card to pay for their, for their trips. But now, to include everyone in the, in, the, in the city, not just the locals, but also the visitors and, and all that, it makes sense to enable open payments um, in a transit system that it's already ready to take the next step. So it's the right city, the right time, big size, and a massive impact. Diego, I know that the metropolitan area has also done lots of work on payment systems there. With the mobility card, for instance, I'd be interested to hear you talk more about that. How does that fit into the context of Guadalajara? Well, uh, the integrated mobility system is actually something that's quite new in the metropolitan area. You know, if we go like one decade ago, um, this system did not exist, you know, around 2010. What happened back then is that we had this kind of uncoordinated system in, in the bus routes in which every bus route actually uh, was owned, was owned by, by different people, you could say that, you know, like the, uh, little, little companies that were operating each different route. Uh, and it was really difficult to actually coordinate them and to supervise them. So we made a change in the, in the way that the mobility, the, the, the bus routes were, were operated in which now they all work with the state uh, via concession. Um, so now we have like around 330 different routes working with the state, you know. And after we actually managed to integrate them into the whole uh, transport system with our VRT systems, with our train systems, with our um, public voucher system, what was needed was to uh, have a, a common payment system. 
for people to actually be able to use the same transport card in every single trip that they were making. So that process actually uh, needed for us to make a lot of financial changes in how we were operating our systems in common, because first we needed to get the money for all of the bus uh, units to have this uh, ticket machine that was compatible with all, all the, the payment systems. And we actually needed to make a trust, a common trust for all the, the fair revenue to go into a single into a single account and to be managed uh, better. So now with the mobility card, you can actually use uh, every kind of public transportation and even the public uh, bike system with, with it. And also because we have a trust that actually manage all this, all this money, we were able to have uh, the budget to actually make improvements in public transportation. You know, with the fair revenue that we were, we were already managing with, with the trust, we were able to, to renovate the, the bus units. We were able also to, to direct subsidies uh, to certain kind of people that were using the, the public transportation. Now that we have the card, it was easier for us to make like selected subsidies for, uh, for the elderly, for people with a disability, for, for students, for women who were economic, economically vulnerable. So, so I think that this unified uh, payment system actually helped us to make quite some improvements in how the city is working towards sustainable mobility. Well, one question I'm not clear on yet, uh, Diego, is did you nationalize all the bus companies or did you just put a payments wrapper across everybody and you still have lots of companies underneath or is it now all one company? They are not nationalized. The thing is that they are they work via concessions. You know what what happened before yeah, yeah. I understand. what happened before is that they worked each bus route uh, worked in a private manner and each bus driver was kind of tied to the fair revenue they were making in the city. So that was a problem yeah. because there were multiple bus routes that were uh, overlapping and they were actually competing for, for, for public transport users. So they would sometimes commit uh, some transit, uh, how would you say them, uh, some... Well, one, one thing that will happen in that situation is everybody is competing for the most lucrative routes. Yeah. But it, that doesn't help you if you're trying to plan the economy to help different groups, as you mentioned. And now if you plan to help different parts of the community, you can you can franchise different routes, can't you? So that gives you understand what you've done. It's really great. Yeah. So, yeah. so now that... As I mentioned you before, now the revenue is actually administrated by the government, and, and yeah. the revenue is more uh, fairly distributed between the routes. So now the drivers don't feel the pressure to actually compete for for transport users because they they now received a a constant salary, you know, like they are, they do not feel the pressure to to compete with others.
Now, Diego, has the collaboration and relationship worked between Resilient Cities Network, Visa, and Guadalajara? What do you think? That process was made by, by the state's government, by Jalisco's government. And that program we're actually, we're actually looks forward to is to, uh, for people to actually be able to use their everyday payment card, you know, like your Visa card, your bank uh, card, to actually pay uh, directly for the, for the use of the public transportation system. Right now, Visa helped us with uh, technical counseling and also with making some pilot tests about it in our biggest BRT line uh, in Mi Macro Periferico, which is a, a BRT line with around 12 kilometers long, uh, and also with our first electric bus route. So Visa helped us with that, with, with the pilot test. We are hoping to release the open payment system uh, in the forthcoming months, uh, but right now it's it's in the in the pilot test part. We actually we think that this will be really really great for a lot of people who occasionally use the transport system. You know, for them to not be worried about carrying a transport card every every time, or for people who are visiting the city to actually uh, use uh, the transport system easily. And also we're hoping that people that don't usually use the transport system and have the chance, you know, to, to migrate from automobile transportation towards uh, public transport to, to make that migration uh, easier. Sure. I know that Resilient Cities and Visa have both uh, sponsoring this podcast and also were really involved in co-creating with you. How did that relationship work between Resilient Cities, Visa, and Guadalajara? Well, for my understanding, they were really useful in, ter in terms of technical counseling, as I mentioned to you before, because one of the, of the most challenging part uh, of this process was to actually manage the different companies that were operating their routes to actually adopt this technology. You know, so yeah. a lot of consensus was was needed for for us to develop this uh, this open payment system in the pilot tests, and it's worked. Everyone is happy. That's uh, fantastic. So, w what you've done there with the open payment system, with the way of changing the all the different uh, ways that all the different providers work, this is being uh, an example, I think, to other cities in Mexico and even other cities around. Uh, Central America, Latin America. Is, is that how you understand it? Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um, I think one of the benefits or one of the main characteristics of the Metropolitan Institute of Planning is that we actually look forward for to cooperate uh, with different cities all around all around the Americas, you know. So it's it's been pretty useful to actually share uh, our learning curve around a comprehensive public uh, uh, transit network because uh, what happens here in Mexico at least is that besides from the greater and bigger cities in the country, most medium cities and, and small cities in the country are really car dependent and, and they're actually facing the consequences of that 
of that way of developing their cities. Uh, so they are migrating towards a more sustainable way of, of, of public transportation and public uh, and, and, and mobility network in general. So Guadalajara, uh, the metropolitan area as a whole, and, and mainly the, the municipalities of Guadalajara and Zapopan have been uh, really good examples of, of what can be done if you actually uh, have the people working on it. Just like this past year, Guadalajara and Zapopan were both um, selected as the as the best cycling cities in the whole country by by the Ciclo Ciudades um, ranking, which is made by the uh, Institute for Transportation, the ITDP, I think it, it, it is. So yeah, I mean, like, well, well the metropolitan area has been a, a really referent in, in that manner, and also in its coordination metropolitan metropolitan coordination scheme because. That 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 metropolitan structure it's it's a really it's really a, an accomplishment for the city because right now actually managing to coordinate nine different municipalities uh, towards a same goal with all the the infrastructure the the human labor that it needs the coordination mechanisms for it it's really an achievement that other cities in Latin America are actually um, referencing for their cities. We talked quite a bit about the open payment system, which is good, but you, you've mentioned also the active travel elements, the cycling, the walking, maybe the micro-mobility as well, and that you've become an award winner in that. How much cycling infrastructure has been put in place as well as things like bus lanes and that kind of infrastructure is it as much pro cycling and walking as it is bus or are the poor cyclists still like they are in many cities confined to juggle their way between many cars and and potholes in the road well it depends what you take as a baseline <laughs> because uh, I would actually say that there has been a lot of improvements in the last 10 years around cycling in the city. Uh, we developed the, the public share, share system, public voucher system, which has already one of the biggest in Latin America. It has around 300 different stations, uh, 3,200 bicycles. We're actually starting the expansion of the system with 60 more uh, stations. We now have around 260 kilometers of cycling infrastructure, which we didn't have like seven years ago, six years ago. We also like be, we have been improving our, our public transportation system in, in matters of, of massive transit, you know. These past years, we just constructed the, 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 the VRT line that has 12 kilometers long uh, around the city. Uh, we are actually expanding our train system with a fourth line. We are actually starting to, uh, we are planning to expand the line one of the, of the train system. So there's still a, a long, long, long way to go because this city is massive. But I think that the public agenda has really changed in that manner. And, and it's also like a movement that it's been really pushed by, by civil society. Uh, like uh, this active mobility movement started around 10 years ago. 
um, because in the west part of the city there was this uh, proposal to be to build an elevated highway, and a lot of, of citizens united to actually ask for the government to change its its focus from from car mobility towards a more sustainable mobility, and that enabled that a lot of the of the changes are being made now. Uh, they are backed up by, by the citizens, you know. Uh, as a matter of fact, the, our, our current uh, director of the institute was part of that civil civil movement. So, so I, I really think that we're making adv advances in that in that way. This is pedal power to the people, isn't it? Yeah, pedal power to the people in Guadalajara. And, and fascinating that they're the ones who are pushing for it uh, as well, and you've been able to respond to that. Uh, I think that's fantastic. Great. Diego, let me give you one last chance. What would you want to say to other cities around the world that you've learned the most from this process? I'll give you a few seconds to think about that. And thank you very much uh, in advance for coming on this show with the Resilient Cities Network and Visa. But what is the one set of lessons that you would give to our listeners from around the world on the lessons you've learned in Guadalajara on your transport uh, program? Well, as I mentioned before, I think that one of our biggest lessons was to make the public involved. I think that's that's one of the of the main main lessons we've we've learned, and 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 uh, a thing that I would recommend to other cities. At the end of the day, the city is made by its people, so they really need to be put in the middle of the conversation when we're forming our mobility systems. Um, it's At the end of the day, it's all about their experience. It's all about their way of moving around the city, their necessities. And as a government, we do not have all the answers to it. And we do not have eyes everywhere to know what's happening in the city all the time. But it's the citizens who actually leave the city every day, who make their daily commutes, who use the transport system all the time, uh, the ones that have most of the answers to, to the problems that, that we are facing right now. So um, enabling the mechanisms for you to listen to them, I think it, it will be one of the main advices that I will give to, to other cities in the world. So Jose, thanks also for being here. Do you have any final reflections on how companies can better support cities in their efforts to achieve such urban transformation? Yeah, I, I think cities and private companies must pay attention to their citizens and what they really need and include them in the conversation, right? Their feedback is vital and it will always be vital in building a city that works for everyone. I will urge cities and private companies to trust each other and to look for collaboration opportunities as they both have important capabilities that combined can help build more resilient cities. Initiatives like this, like the Future Ready Cities program, are an example of how Visa is working with cities to uplift everyone everywhere and to connect more people to the global economy. Visa certainly has a massive global footprint and an important role to play in all of this. So Diego from Guadalajara, Jose from Visa, fantastic talking to you and thanks for your time. I've been really uh, enjoyed listening and learning from you about what you've been doing there uh, on this enormous program. 
and building active travel in response to what people on the ground wanted as well, and then bringing public sector transport together through this open payment system and using some of the tools that come from the Resilient Cities Network and co-creating this with Visa 2 in such a fantastic world-changing example. Thanks for joining today and thanks for your time. Great chatting with you.